everybody. Welcome to the Power Your Mind podcast. I'm Julie Nygaard, host of the show. And normally what we do on this podcast is something about hypnotherapy or hypnosis and how it empowers your brain and your mind to create the dreams and goals that you have in mind. But today we're in the first of our season five series, which is Ask the Experts. And I have with me Jerry Keir, who is a certified natural health provider. She's a digestive specialist. She's got all kinds of classes that she offers, nutrition, cooking, vision, breathing, amazing 21-day food blitz that you can try if you want to. And I'm going to kind of let Jerry take it over from here and talk a little bit about her background and her website. And then we'll get into things that you can do that are really good for your brain and things to stay away from so that you can optimize your performance. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me on the program today. Sure. Thanks for being here. Uh, let, let's just get, let's just jump right in and get a little bit about your background and how you got going on this. Oh, for sure. Um, so I'm a Colorado native and I started my first business when I was a senior in high school and it was a photography business. And I did that for 22 years and I was treating my body like a machine. It broke down and I had to sell that photography studio and then two weeks later, boom, what got dropped into my life was the natural health world. And so for almost the past 20 years now, I have been in the natural health world because when I was introduced into a nutritional product that I started taking that literally healed my body in 22 days of a tremor of the tremor that I had because I was treating my body like a machine, the body broke down. I had a really bad tremor in my left arm. I couldn't hold the camera steady. So I started taking this nutritional product and it opened the doors literally for me to travel into the nutrition health wellness world because in 22 days, I no longer had that tremor. And so I started opening up the doors that were put in front of me for natural health. And this is and a 20-year journey of constant learning. So, I think that's so amazing that that nutrition supplement, I read that on your website, really affected you positively within 22 days. I feel like that is the pace that people want things to happen, right? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, three weeks later, I was totally healed, <laughs> which I have to say is kind of amazing. Uh, I guess it can happen in certain circumstances for sure. Right. And that does not always happen, but my body was so depleted and I was under so much stress from being a wedding photographer. That oh yeah, I can imagine that would do it. <laughs> I was stressed. I photographed 60 weddings a year. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself, which that will destroy your brain in an instant. I mean, it really is not good. And so we'll talk about that today. Yeah. But yeah, on my website, all of the information is not available on my website that I do because I kind of guard. <laughs> sure. What is the website too, by the way? Let's just, for the listeners, just mention that. And then I will also put that in the comments of the podcast so people can easily click on it. Oh, for sure. My business name is Complete Nutrition Alliance. Okay. But it's website. a little long for a website. So it's completena.com. Okay. So remember, that'll be in the link for anybody who's interested in connecting with Jerry after this interview. So you have your certification as a natural health provider, uh, which is great. And I love that you're not into the all natural thing instead of 
medications and, you know, things that aren't what I would consider the body healing at the cellular level. I also have my nutrition certification from Bowman College in Boulder, and that's really into the all natural thing as well. And I just feel like when you're addressing brain issues, it's better to start with nutrition and exercise and sleep and, you know, breathing and all of these things that we can do naturally that don't cost a lot of money and that aren't going to cost, cause a lot of side effects. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you can do so much on your own. Um, and your brain is like the dictator, the driver of your world. And so it should be the most important, the most important organ of your body that you're taking care of first. <laughs> So, All right. So I know you have so much information on your website and available for people that are listening, but I wanted thought we would just go through like maybe pick out three, four, five things that you can do for your brain that are going to create more brain health and also talk about things that we could stay away from as well. So I'll kind of just let you take it from here. <laughs> okay. Most excellent. What we're going to do, and I'm not going to get too sciencey, hopefully for everybody, but I want to kind of go into a bit about how the brain works. And there is a component of the brain called the BDNF, the brain-derived neurotropic factor. And it's a protein that's produced inside of the cell to help the brain communicate and function properly. So, you know, it protects the neurons, it encourages growth and function, and it protects premature cell death. So this is where the actual receptors in the neurons um, are binding to make a synapsis, a connection in your brain. So it's really important to kind of get that key role in the brain regeneration process. So as we're going through this, you're understanding why you're actually sleeping and having, you know, doing exercise or movement um, because it affects your body functions, it affects how you're eating, how you're drinking. So the BDNS is affected and how to actually improve or care for your BDNF is through nutrition, through sleep, exercise, and um, reducing stress. That is the, the ones that we'll talk about today, okay? So we're not gonna go into massive you know, detail, but those are what we'll talk about today. And, you know, signs of degeneration, and this is not exhaustive list, of course, but your memory loss, forgetfulness, confusion, you know, mood, mood changes that are out of the blue, um, loss of inhibition, anxiety, apathy, if you're agitated. So those are just kind of warning signs. If you're not sleeping well, there's always these warning signs. Your body is always giving you warning signs. So please pay attention to those warning signs. Um, so one of the big major things is sugar imbalances. Your brain needs carbohydrates to function, but sugar imbalances can definitely create issues and it's not just diabetes, okay? So you've really got to watch your sugar balances because they can lead to memory issues, brain fog, irritability, um, mood issues, cravings, fatigue. So really watching your blood sugar, anybody that's got spiking blood sugar, that would be a big red flag. How would people know? Isn't there some kind of uh, monitors now that are fairly inexpensive that can help you with your blood sugar? They are. And the one that I use is because I do keto. And so it's called Keto Mojo. 
uh-huh. and it regulates your blood sugar and your ketones. You, have, you don't have to prick your finger for that, do you? What do you? How do you do it? That, with one, that one is. That one oh, is. Okay. It is accurate, and so that is the one I use because I want it to be spot on accurate, mm-hmm. and so I can, you know, teach people how to use any of the if they're monitoring their ketones and their blood sugar. Um, but it's usually not eating enough fats. So we'll get into that in when we get into the food part. Okay. But blood sugar, people, if you're not digesting fats properly, your body needs fuel. So you'll actually grab more carbohydrates. And so type 2 diabetics actually don't digest fats. And so they're eating carbs. And so it comes back to your gut. It comes back to the digestion. So let's um, talk about like... Are we, are we on the blood sugar then? Is that the one we're on right now? Like what can people eat to maintain their blood sugar? To maintain blood sugar. Okay. Let's go right into the, um, eating section. Maintaining blood sugar is going to be eating enough fats. So eating your really good, really good fats, your, um, omega threes, but you have to make sure that they are clean omegas and, you know, eating fish, but make sure it's fresh water, you know, wild caught fish. And what about have, taking supplements just like fish oil? You can use fish oil, but it has to be a good, there's only two that I even trust. It has to be clean. You okay. have to be using a really good clean fish oil. And some folks don't like to do any animal products at all. And I do have a couple of plant-based omegas that are really nice. What about um, olives, avocados, you know, uh, yeah, avocados, yeah. Uh, coconut oil, your you're talking about eating these at least three meals a day. What about nuts? You know, things that are just going to help stabilize your blood sugar throughout the day. Absolutely. Walnuts are shaped like a brain. Okay. <laughs> cool. Walnuts are awesome for your brain. Also, um, really, yeah, your nuts and seeds, pumpkin seeds, um, flax seeds, but make sure when you're using flax seeds, you're not grinding them ahead in advance. You're going to be grinding them as you use them. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Is that just because it releases all the nutrients and then it basically dissipates? You want it as fresh as possible because they can turn into a trans fat if they're, um, ground and stored. So you're saying like you're, you're keto, but you're saying the main thing that causes the blood sugar to fly all over the place is fats, not necessarily carbs, like a lack of fats. Make it fly, fats balance it. Okay. Fats are a huge key to balance your blood sugar. You know, I just have a question about one other thing. I don't know if other people are thinking this too. So you are keto, which is low carb, right? Isn't that a low carb diet? It is, yes, I do no grains at all. And so, but you said that the brain needs carbohydrates. So are you just getting those through vegetables? Vegetables and fruits. Okay. But when you're keto, you're living on fats. Okay. So yeah, it I, sounds like it's a great diet to not be hungry all the time. Or not, I, I don't like the word diet. So it's a great lifestyle way to eat, perhaps. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, but part of keto is also fasting. But to, to allow your brain to work best, your body needs a break away from digesting food. So how long do you fast for? 
I do 16 hours. Okay. So you're just talking about you wake up one morning and then you basically go to lunch the next day. My eating window is one to six every day, okay. but that's oh, me. So you're doing it every day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because, okay. One of my mentors, Dr. Mark Harris, he's brilliant. He lives in Montana. Um, he has so many PhDs. He puts PhD squared behind his name, um, <laughs> but he's food makes you stupid. And he's absolutely a brilliant man, but he, he has a mind like a steel trap and he forgets nothing. So he will, when he's teaching classes, he'll be like on a six day fast or a seven day fast. I'm like, oh my goodness, are you ever, 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 you know, eating? And he goes, oh yeah, I eat for sure. I was like, I don't think you eat anything. But anyway, he um, talked me into or encouraged me to go into a 12 hour eating window. And so just eating from not outside of seven to seven. And then I bumped it up to eating in an eight hour eating window. But then I took another class and the gal said, when are you hungry? Pay attention to when you're hungry. That's when you should start eating. So now I eat because I am not hungry until one o'clock in the afternoon and I eat from one to six. Okay. So I'm eating, you know, but that's me. Some days I will go out to brunch with a, a friend or whatever. I might start eating at 11, but I'm done by six. So I think what the message is, I think, to send out to people is it is dependent on your body. It's not like because right, right, you're right. doing it that everyone needs to do one to six. I think this is, to me, the issue with a lot of uh, diet programs, if you will, because people are like, here's my way. This is the best way. This is what you have to do. But in fact, what you really have to do is listen to your body, pay attention, especially to what your issues are, and then address them through nutrition sleep, yeah. exercise, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay, well, you know, we, I have, we spent a lot of time on nutrition here and I wanted to talk a couple, a little bit about some of those other things that you said are really good for brain health, like sleep. Oh, uh, if you don't mind just jumping <laughs> over to sleep and like, how much sleep do we need? <laughs> how much sleep? Eight hours. We Eight really, hours. that's for everybody. Not even, uh, that's no. the minimum. Okay. <laughs> right. And if your sleep is interrupted and you're not able to sleep at night, can't go to sleep, or you're sleeping and you wake up in the middle of the night, there's something going on with organ systems because you have specific organ systems that repair in men during your sleep cycle. So sleeping from nine to five, the closer you can get to bed at nine, the better your body will function the next day. And the colon cleanses between five and seven. So that's a normal time to have a bowel movement. Mm -hmm. so there are critical organ systems that are healing and mending in that sleep cycle, like your gallbladder, your liver, your lungs. And so when you're not sleeping, that's really a huge hello, pay attention, something's going on here. But if you're not sleeping, there's probably something going on with the gut flora. And how we know what the gut flora is doing is um, I've got an extensive stool test that I order so that we know. You know, are your sleep cycles off because your gut flora is off? You know, I noticed two things. Let me know what you think about these. For me personally, if I don't drink enough water during the day, I have trouble sleeping. It's like my brain doesn't have the proper hydration to make the chemicals it needs to help me go to sleep. And I also don't eat anything sweet, not even fruit uh, at night because it's like a stimulant for my body. And I just can't go to sleep if I've had anything sweet. Right, right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Shutting off your food by six o'clock at night 
you want to shut off food three to four hours prior to going to bed so that you're and not doing heavy meal of meat at night because then your body is not spending all night long trying to digest and assimilate a steak right so yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, again, just personally, if I eat a vegetarian dinner, which I normally do, I'm not a vegetarian, but I tend to just crave vegetables in the evening. I definitely wake up earlier. I feel better. I feel more refreshed and, and as opposed to having a heavier meal, you know, late at night out with friends or whatever. So I could exactly. totally attest to that. So for sleeping, you would say cut off the food early, try to go to bed a little bit earlier, try to get uninterrupted yes. sleep. I mean, all those things seem like a dream world to me. <laughs> no pun intended. Well, yeah. And turning off the cell phones, turning off the computers two hours prior to going to bed. No, no. Um, you have to have the blue light blocker glasses if you're going to be using, but turning off electronics, read a book, you know, actually use your brain to read the book. But when you're sleeping, make sure you're sleeping on the left side. Okay. When you sleep on the right side, it creates acid reflux. When you sleep on the left side, it maximizes because your brain is draining and the brain. Oh, is that's draining. really interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> what if you sleep draining. on your back? Um, sleeping on your back, it will drain about 38%. But when you're sleeping on your left side, it's like a 68% um, efficiency on draining the brain. When you sleep on your right side, it won't, it won't drain at all. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's yeah. a good note on sleep. Let's jump yeah. to exercise, specific exercises or why exercise helps the brain. Oh my gosh. It once again helps with the neurotransmitters to be firing proper. Now on your, it's not that you're going to be doing aerobic exercise, do yoga movement. It's movement. So being out there and keeping the movement with, but when you're walking or when you're outside, make sure that you're focusing on different things because you have to, your brain loves new stuff. It loves to be challenged. So hiking on a different trail, um, going on nature walks, observing, breathing, making sure you're really cognizant of your breathing when you are moving. So yeah, you can do your aerobic exercise. That is excellent, but don't be sedentary. The sedentary lifestyle shuts down brain function and shuts down the, the synapses, the actual connecting of the neurons in the brain. And so doing novel things, and I know you're great with that, Julie, because you're always challenging yourself. <laughs> you and your son are always doing something like really fun, wild, and crazy, but you're actually keeping your brain tone accurate and sharp. So I have a question. I know a lot of people don't have time or they don't think they have time. So one of the things I do is I usually work out in the evening, like right before dinner. And I do something in the morning though to wake myself up. I do these, I call them uh, bursting, 15 minutes of bursting exercises where I'll yep. do something intense for 30 uh -huh. seconds. And then I rest for a minute 30 and I'll just yep. do that for about 15 minutes to get my entire body engaged in the day. Yes. And I think is that enough? Like, let's say I didn't work out at night. If you, people just had 15 minutes a day, should yeah. we just integrate some kind of 15 minute program yeah. into their day? 15 minutes of hit training, like you're doing mm -hmm. intense, take a break, intense, take a break, 15, 20 minutes. Like I do the rowing machine, 21 minutes, four days a week. And then, wow. um, 
so for your stationary bike, for brain health, um, the most important, if you're going to be using anything stationary and not going outside to walk, you're, you won't have a brain sensory mismatch when you use a rowing machine. You will have a sensory mismatch on the brain if you're using a treadmill, a um, elliptical, or a bike because you're not moving past your environment and your brain gets confused because it wants it's it knows you should be when you're walking you should be moving past an environment and so it's actually a sensory mismatch so what so how do you resolve that elite athletes are only allowed to do treadmills for 10 minutes that's it just to warm up and then you're doing aerobics, you're doing floor exercises, you're engaging in yoga or something, um, getting out, walking. Um, if you're not a runner, don't run because not all of us are made to be runners. But anyway, getting into doing, um, you know, weightlifting, but making it different, mixing it up because your brain doesn't like the same thing over and over and over. So you're saying mix it up each day, right? Not mix it up constantly within your workout um mix up your workout like do arms and back if you're doing weights one day and then do some aerobic and then like and then I'll also switch between I I got rid of my stationary bike that was an upright and I've got a recumbent stationary bike which is less sensory mismatch so I got rid of all the sensory mismatch and my knees stopped hurting my knees and ankles stopped hurting so what about um, these all these new programs where like you could ride the stationary bike and and watch shows or you know you can be on the elliptical and read something you know is that creating a mismatch or is that actually good? It is. That is creating a mismatch. And so when I do the neuro stuff here, when I do the neuro drills with clients, we're actually working through getting the brain to re because when the brain doesn't see you safe, it'll cause pain and stop you. So if you're on a treadmill every day or on an elliptical every day, and you're starting to get like pain in the hips, pain in the knees, your brain is wanting you to stop. And so it will create something different. Well, really, it's just wanting you to do something different, right? It's well, it's, it's, well I'm it's, bored with this. <laughs> well, it's confused, because it's not a normal action you would ever do in real life. Sure. And okay. so pain to stop you. So your exercise, it's movement, and it's doing novel stuff. And it's even like doing um, brain drills, like building a puzzle, playing chess, taking up a new art, learning a language. That's what I'm doing. Learning learning a language. Gratitude, 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 gratitude journal is so huge, important daily prayer, breath work, you know, journaling, reading, relaxation. But as you are walking, you can actually be working on your breathing. You can be meditating, you know, you can be praying, you can be grateful as you're doing your nature walk. All of these literally help the health of the brain and how the brain is firing. It's almost like you have to treat your brain like it's a child. You got to take care of it, right? Think about what it wants and loves and how can I take care of you? And if you take care of it, then it's, it's going to take care of you and your entire life will improve. And Julian, let me go back to what you said. People, oh, they don't feel like they have time. Guess what? If you have Alzheimer's or dementia, your body's made time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so if you don't make time, your body will shut down and it will make you make time. 
I think that's really true. Sometimes we get hurt or we get sick and we wonder why. And it's like, your body's just like, I've had enough. You're not listening to me. Now you're going to take this time, whether or not you want to. I think I mentioned that in my own, I have a book about nutrition. And I, I said, like, if you just miss five to 10 days of work per, um, per year, if you divide that amount of time out over maybe 30 minutes per day for exercise, then you have that amount of time. It's just a matter of whether you're taking it as sick time or whether you're going to be enjoying yourself doing something you love. <laughs> oh, and it's making yourself a priority. Mm-hmm. But another thing going back to the actual intense exercise, doing intense exercise at night can disrupt sleep. Well, I don't do the intense at night. I just, I might do lifting or stretching in the evening, but my intense thing is always in the morning. But my point for that was just to share with people that I think you can take a very small amount of time, even if you only have five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, whatever. I just started getting up 15 minutes earlier because I'm like, okay, I need to, timing for me, uh, I just had to switch my schedule a couple of years ago because I, well, I mean, it's a completely different event, but I am a musician and I was trying to figure out where I could add more time into my life to practice the piano. And it has to be the morning for me because that's when my brain is like on point. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I usually work out in the morning, but I can't work out now. So I switched. I was like, I'll just do these intense 15 minute bursts essentially to wake my body up and then do my, you know, my lifting, my stretching. But like I said, I don't do it before bed. I do it right before I eat dinner. Like I'll get home from work and it's kind of a de-stressor for me. I did set up a home gym by the way, during COVID, because I stopped going yeah. to the gym and I love it. And I don't know that I'll ever start going to the gym again. <laughs> I know we've, we've always had a home gym. Um, but what you can do, because your your body doesn't know if you're doing a 30 minute workout all at once, or if you're spreading it out, through, it's beneficial if you spread it out in three 10 minute increments. Mm-hmm. So like I'll put the jogging trampoline in the office here and I'll do five minute on the jogging trampoline. If I have a five minute or I'll just make a five minute downtime especially if I'm studying, you know, I'll take five minutes and just give my brain a break, do the jogging trampoline. It totally wakes up my brain, re-energizes my body. And then I go on with my day. And that's five minutes towards my 30 minute workout in a day. I have a question about that tramp. I have one of those mini tramps too. And I put like little miniature leg weights on and use arm weights when I'm jumping. So I can have a little bit more, you know, resistance as I'm going. And I read somewhere in uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that it helps clear the lymph nodes when you're doing yes. this jumping. And then that can be really helpful for your immune system. Huge. Yes. So your it's the diaphragm. It's the diaphragmatic action that actually pumps the lymph. So when you're deep breathing, when you're walking on purpose, not just gradually getting and casually getting in your 10,000 steps a day, these need to be like deliberate steps. But when you're getting in those deliberate steps, you're deep breathing and the diaphragm is moving up and down. The diaphragm moving up and down pulls the lymphatic back into the to circulation. You have more lymph than you have blood. Wow. And so when you're on those um, rebounder trampolines, it's worth it to get a good a good one, a good quality. Don't get a cheap one because they will be stressful on your knees but get a good quality one. And it does, it brings your lymphatic back into circulation. Now, when you're sleeping, you have lymphatic in your brain and it's called glymphatic. It has a G in the front of it, glymphatic. That is your brain's lymphatic system. And that is part of the draining that happens when you lay on the left side, when you're sleeping. And so the lymphatic is your immune system. That's where the white blood cells live. 
I'm going to absolutely try the sleeping on the left side. Cause you know how you wake up with brain fog. Sometimes I have a tendency to sleep on my back. I don't know why I just do, but I'm going to try the left side thing and see if I can wake up with a little bit more, you know, clarity in the morning. So let me, let me just ask you if someone were to come to you and say, okay, I've got these issues. Like if you, if they have certain issues, do you know right away, which foods or nutrients they're missing based on their symptoms? No, I never go with symptoms because then you're throwing something at a symptom. I really do. I mean, the first appointment when clients are here, it's two hours long and I'm doing testing. I've got body balance scanners. Um, we do like the stool sample test. I've got 24 hour urine analysis testing. I do apply kinesiology. So when it's generally, it's like when somebody's having issues with food, what's happening with the digestion? It comes back to the digestion. How are you chewing your food? Are you drinking enough water? Are you taking time to actually eat? Are you eating the right food that's organic, not full of chemicals, not processed? So there's- What about probiotics and prebiotics? Are you a fan of those? But it has to be the right probiotics. So in the gut restoration program, when we do the gut, um, stool sample test, I know, is there good, bad, and ugly? Is there pathology? Are there bad bacteria growing? Because if you put the wrong bacteria in, it can actually make the bad bacteria grow. Okay. So you, everything is in a very specific fashion when you're working with the um, microbiome. And so we know that from the stool sample test. And, and once you get the whole, uh, all the test results back, that's when you kind of custom tailor the eating mm-hmm. and nutrient program for the person that you're working with? Yes. And we start sorting that out on the first appointment and figuring out, okay, are you digesting fats? Are you digesting protein? If you're not digesting fats and proteins, then, you know, there may be specific ones that aren't going to be working right for your body right now. So when people have food allergies, they're not digesting it, it creates histamine reactions. And so working through, everybody is very customized though. There's not like, okay, you're going to do this. One size fits all because one size does not fit all because your cells are, you know, the way you uh, assimilate your food or the way you digest and process and what you like. I mean, there's not many people that want to eat in a five hour eating window. And so what you're saying to me, I mean, kind of what I'm hearing is that Digestion is probably the root of brain health, right? It's the root. Once you're digesting properly and your brain is working properly, then all the messages are being sent via digestion, the way that we circulate the blood and up into the brain so that your body can work properly. But you're saying it starts with digestion and then it goes to the brain that goes everywhere else. Well, yes, it starts with the digestion, you know, and then the food goes to the liver and yeah, it's, you cannot connect, disconnect any part of the body, but the gut is control central. Okay. And if your brain is off, you know, your gut is off. But if you know, I've got acid reflux, I have irritable bowel or whatever, you know, you're constipated, not having two to three bowel movements a day. If you don't have two to three bowel movements a day, your colon is stuck, but your brain is stuck. You're in brain fog. <laughs> you know, if you have leaky gut, you're going to have leaky brain. And so, the gut is absolutely key, huge to nourish and fix gut and nutrition, um, digestion health, and then the brain health can come along. So let me just ask you, 
I, I, we didn't talk about this yet. We talked about things you can do, the nutrition, mm-hmm. getting the sleep, the exercise. We didn't really go into reducing stress, but we kind of touched on that oh. there. Balancing blood sugar. What about things that people can specifically stay away from? Like, let's say somebody's like, okay, I'm not, maybe I'm not quite ready to go hire a nutritionist. How can I weed certain things out of my diet that are really toxic, that are realistic? I mean, if somebody's drinking a lot, obviously they're not going to wake up and stop right, drinking right. the next day. Yeah. But what's what's a gradual, realistic program that someone could maybe like two or three things that they could kind of wean out of their diet? No fast food or processed foods. Um, sodas. Carbonated drinks, actually. Um, fried foods. Those are huge. No, not fried foods. Please don't say it's true. <laughs> fried foods. Yeah, no deep fried foods. Water, water, enough water. So more food. water. More water. You got to sugar. Chlorinated. No chlorinated water. Chlorine damages brain tissue. Um, sugar, no sugar. Sugar can so there there are some literal deal breakers for the brain. Simple white sugar, not enough water, not enough sleep. Um, and then processed foods, eating processed foods, the further away it comes from the raw form where it was originally from, the further away it is from food that nourishes the body and also your chemicals you put on your body, on your hair, on your skin. If you would not put it in your mouth, don't put it on your skin because in 26 seconds, it's at the liver. Well, that's, that's a good rule of thumb. You know, for me, I have to stay away from dyes and artificial ingredients and preservatives, mainly because those things make me depressed, which I just discovered over the years. I don't know which specific thing it is, but if I keep those out of my diet, then I'm happy generally most of the time. Right, <laughs> and, right. You know, if I'm going to go out on a town or maybe I'll have like a pomegranate martini or something with friends and I see that thing, it's, it's red, it's shockingly red. And I'm like, okay, I know that I'll have 24 hours to clear this out of my system. Just get ready because I'm going down. But, you know, it is life. You kind of have to live it. And uh, it's just interesting. So I love what you're saying about keeping your diet really clean. I think the blood sugar thing is critical. I love that we talked about that first because that, of course, affects your moods and your moods affect whether or not you feel like binging on sugar and carbs. And, I mean, it can all be this big, vicious cycle, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be the you've got the bacteria is off in the gut. And when the bacteria is off in the gut, if there's, you know, yeast, candida, parasite stuff, they crave sugar. Right. And if you have sugar cravings that literally take over your brain, I would definitely suggest um, a gut uh, stool sample test to see where's the microbiome because something is keying that, or are you not digesting fats? Then you're going to crave sugar because your brain needs fuel. Um, to function so but no white sugar so doing fruit you know but not white sugar kind of a Uh, gradual detox away from white sugar to fruit and then maybe even cutting back on the super sweet fruits and going to the yes that aren't as a have such a heavy glycemic load I always tell people when they have an issue and they're asking me you know I don't I don't practice uh, nutrition that's not my Mm -hmm. career but I know so much about it from studying it for more than 30 years I'll be like, well, think about your most extreme habits. What do you do 
that's extreme that, you know, maybe you drink 10 cups of coffee a day, or maybe, you know, you're drinking too much alcohol, or maybe you have that thing for, you know, you got to have your French fries every day. What are your extreme habits? That's probably Mm -hmm. the root of your problem. (laughs) Right. Well, it's the sign that there is a root problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're craving something unhealthy. Exactly. You've got to figure out what that root problem is that is actually creating the craving. And so always going for the root cause that that is my my focus of function is what is the root cause and not throwing something at a symptom because that can create madness and just throwing nutrients supplements at a system at, at some kind of, oh, I've got this going on or I got that going on. Well, are you even absorbing, digesting, absorbing and assimilating the supplements? I got on your website and I looked at your 21 day food blitz video, which everybody Uh should do that because it's really great. She's got this little 21 day food blitz that you can do to kind of get yourself to stop craving those bad foods that people crave all the time. So yeah, check that out for sure. I loved that. And also again, it's 21 days, right? To me, it's realistic. I feel like we can do something in 20, 30 days and we can hold on for that long. I think the, um, Whole 30 food plan is great for that because most people can hold on for 30 days <laughs> to see what right, the difference is right. going to be. So let's right. just, um, if you wouldn't mind mentioning your website again and any other thing that you want to wrap up here with. Uh, and then this is how you guys can get a hold of Jerry if you're interested in having her do a full panel on your body and a consult consultation and get you back on track with your eating so that you naturally crave great foods instead of unhealthy foods. Excellent. Okay. Yes. So you can get a hold of me um, through, you can text me or call. My phone number is 303-815-3567. Okay. It's 303-815-3567. Or you can go on to, I can give you my email. Now, Jerry, the spelling of my name is G-E-R-R-I. So it's Jerry at complete n a dot com. All right. And I'm going to have a link to your website in the podcast notes. Okay. So people can easily get a hold of you. And I just thank you so much for sharing. I know just maybe a teeny little bit of the massive amount of knowledge that you have on the gut and the brain and how to maximize brain performance. That's what I mean with power your mind podcast, you know, how to meditate and create the goals that you want. And, but you have to really have your physical brain on track to be able to be effective doing that. I think. Oh yes. 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 And never give up. Your body is so resilient. Never, ever, ever give up. There's always an answer. Yep. That's great. That is such a good, that's a good thing for life. (laughs) It is not just with your brain. All right. Well, thank you, Jerry. You have a great day. And remember, everybody, check the podcast link and you can connect with Jerry. And thanks for tuning in to the Power Your Mind podcast today. Check out some of our other episodes on goal setting and brain performance and how to use a hypnotherapy podcast to create the life that you want. Bye.